Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas, and welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. As was the case for Thanksgiving with the holiday week, I'm going to have a shorter show by hitting thumbs up at every position for week 16. As always, you can find our full rankings at wolfsports.com, and for subscribers, we'll answer any questions you have. Starting with the quarterbacks, I'd continue rolling with Taysom Hill as a QB1 option. He only had 9.5 fantasy points on Sunday night, but the Saints didn't really have to throw the ball, and he still saw 11 carries, matching his total from each of the previous two weeks. Against a Miami defense that's better attacked on the ground than through the air, I expect Hill to be a huge factor as a runner, and it was a good sign that Marquez Calloway was more involved for the Saints, along with Adam Troutman returning from injury at tight end. Right behind Hill in the rankings, as a QB10, Tyler Huntley should draw another start for Lamar Jackson, and he showed against Green Bay that he can make plays as both a passer and runner. Cincinnati destroyed Baltimore in the first matchup, but I'd be willing to gamble on Huntley's dual third ability, and in three extended appearances this season, the second-year quarterback has rushed for 40 yards, 45 yards, and 73 yards in two touchdowns from last week. Coming off a position-high 35.9 fantasy points, Huntley should be played as a top-10 option with big-time upside. Next up, Ben Roethlisberger at Kansas City. The Chiefs have played much better on defense recently, but Pittsburgh has a postseason in their sights, and Big Ben has the weapons to put up points. Last week was quiet in a slugfest versus Tennessee, but before that, Big Ben had 19.3 fantasy points or more in three of the previous four games. And for what it's worth, Roethlisberger threw for 452 yards and three scores in a shootout loss against Patrick Mahomes back in 2018. Even if Pat Fryermuth doesn't play, I think there's enough for Big Ben to be viewed as a strong QB2 option. Finishing off the quarterbacks, Cam Newton versus Tampa Bay. I, along with everyone else, was low on Newton last week against the Bills, but Carolina went away from the two-quarterback system, and Newton did serious damage on the ground. The Bucks contained Taysom Hill last Sunday night, but Newton has rushed for a touchdown in every appearance this season, and he'll continue to be their main option around the goal line. Newton carries top five upside, and I think Tampa Bay's offense will get back on track to maybe make Carolina need to put up points. Moving on to the running backs, James Robinson. He's an obvious start in redraft leagues after getting back on track last week, but I'd also consider Robinson a top option and DFS play. The Jets are allowing the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, and they just allowed Duke Johnson to have a career day with 107 yards and two scores on the ground, and that was after never breaking 80 rushing yards in a game for his career. Jacksonville is now in position for the first overall pick, but contrary to what the media might say, players are going out there to win, and Robinson should be fed to get that done. On Christmas, A.J. Dillon should be a top 20 option at running back, it's going to be cold at Lambeau Field, and Matt LaFleur has said he'd ideally want to split between him and Aaron Jones. Some might be a little wary after an 8-touch performance and a somewhat modest 17.1 fantasy points over the past two weeks, but Dylan has shown a high floor and major upside for Green Bay. Speaking of upside, Ronald Jones will take over as lead back with Leonard Fournette dealing with a hamstring injury. Bruce Arian said this is his chance to do what Fournette did last year when he took over down the stretch and into the postseason, and the speedy runner was excellent as a starter in 2020. One of his performances came against Carolina with 23 attempts, 192 rushing yards, and a touchdown. And touches will be there on Sunday, with the Bucks not having Chris Godwin and likely not Mike Evans. Start Jones is a high upside RB2 and arguably a top 15 option at the position. The final running back, Ramondre Stevenson versus the Bills. I'm optimistic that Damian Harris will return for New England. He seemed close last week. But even if Harris plays, Stevenson can continue to be started as low-end RB2 flex option. The Bills allowed a big day on the ground to Cam Newton last week, and while the Pats will almost certainly pass more than they did in the first matchup, Buffalo is best exploited on the ground, so Stevenson should see at least 12 to 15 touches, and I'll again view him as an RB1 if Harris is out. I wouldn't be discouraged about a game from Saturday night where New England fell behind 20 to nothing and 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter. It'd be a surprise if the Bills exploded offensively in the matchup, so I expect a close game with Stevenson 
having game flow in his favor. Moving on to the wide receivers, Antonio Brown in his return from suspension and the ankle injury. Chris Godwin unfortunately done for the season, and Mike Evans dealing with a hamstring injury unlikely to play on Sunday. So I expect AB to be peppered with targets. He might see quite a bit of Stephon Gilmore, but I'm not worried about that matchup. I think they'll move Brown around enough into the slot and with quick screens to get the ball in his hands. Everyone listening has Brown rostered in their league, but it's notable that his own percentage is 67.1 in ESPN formats. I have him as the wide receiver six for week 16. And before getting injured back in October, Brown had monster performances of 21.2, 27.9, and 19.8 fantasy points in three of his five appearances. I also like Odo Beckham Jr. to have a big game against Minnesota. Remember with the Browns earlier this season, Beckham already faced the Vikings. And while he only had two receptions for 27 scoreless yards, he was open deep for two would-be long touchdowns. I forget what happened on one of the missed opportunities, but I know one throw was an inaccurate pass by Baker Mayfield. So I'm sure Sean McVay is ready to dial up some similar plays to get OBJ open deep. So I like him as an upside wide receiver too with a decent floor based on his usage in McVay's offense. Now for a couple of lesser options that might be off the radar for most. Kadarius Tony at the Eagles. It's unclear if he'll even play. He's dealt with various injuries and COVID-19 recently. But in terms of his skill set, it fits perfectly with what Jake Fromm can do at quarterback. He'll hit the open man and deliver the ball accurately to allow for run-after-catch opportunities. So that's right in Tony's wheelhouse. And Philadelphia can sometimes lose players in coverage over the middle of the field. So if Tony plays which I'm not sure if he will at this point. He can be started as an upside flex, and his floor and ceiling both look boosted with Sterling Shepard done for the season. And then I'd say more of a pure upside play, James Washington at the Chiefs. He's seen at least five targets in each of the past two games. Last week, he saw five targets compared to two for Chase Claypool, and Washington is a player that Ben Roethlisberger trusts, including on deep passes. Again, the Chiefs have tightened up on defense over the past several weeks, but Pittsburgh, with how their D has played for the most part, may need to put up points, and along with his big play upside down the field, Washington can be a threat in the red zone, especially with Pat Frymuth dealing with a concussion, potentially not playing. We have a full DFS article every week on WolfSports.com, but as a cheap option, you can go with Washington's upside to allow for more high-priced players at other positions. Finally, the tight end thumbs-up options for Week 16. David Njoku has been a weekly factor for the Browns. Austin Hooper should return on Christmas, but against the Green Bay defense that couldn't contain Mark Andrews last week, I like Njoku as an upside tight end too, and quality streaming option at the position. On Monday night, Njoku was a heel away from his second touchdown in as many games, and points will likely need to be scored for the Browns to keep up with Aaron Rodgers. Next up, Adam Troutman versus the Dolphins. He only saw two targets in his return to the lineup on Sunday night, but one of them was downfield, and I think New Orleans will attack the seams in the middle of the field where Miami is more vulnerable rather than attacking Xavier Howard and Byron Jones on the outside. Juwan Johnson should be involved. He actually started on Sunday night, but Troutman is probably the preferred play with Sean Payton back on the sidelines, and I'm hopeful that Saints-Dolphins will be a little more back and forth than Saints versus Bucks was. For an even deeper option, Zach Entry would draw the start if Pat Fryermuth can't play, and he has the size to make plays in single coverage against the Chiefs. As stated for James Washington, Fryermuth not being on the field will leave red zone opportunities up for grabs, and Kansas City may be preoccupied with stopping Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. You probably don't need to go for Gentry in redraft leagues, but he's a bottom barrel option in terms of price for DFS lineups. As always, you can find our full content and rankings at wolfsports.com, and you can use promo code CHRISTMAS to sign up today. And that will conclude this episode. Merry Christmas and best of luck in the fantasy playoffs. Until next time, I'm Don Chapin, 
And this was the Fantasy and Singularity Podcast.